Well, as our prime minister said, here we are again, and we don't want to be here. And as we heard in the gospel, well, as I read the gospel, it's a hard gospel to hear, especially right at this moment. Most of you know, and probably all of you know already, that uh, Marshka Laura Izakov, uh, who was with us for many years, uh, passed away very suddenly. And when I think of this parable, obviously, and so on, on one respect, it reminds me of this situation. Uh, on another, uh, I think she's a whole lot better prepared than uh, the rich fool, <laughs> and probably more prepared, more prepa better prepared than I to to meet her maker uh, when she didn't expect it. But this parable is a solemn warning to us. We live on the edge. Death is always present, and and it's. It's maybe even more uh, uh, a bit more of an immediate reality when when uh, uh, when we're facing situations like this. But situations like this, I mean, the, the parable is also a warning. The the context for the parable is a young man comes up to Jesus and he says to Jesus, "Lord, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me." So he's concerned about finances, you know, about his own finances, about fairness, um, uh, possibly even about just simple survival. He needs money. His brother has this inheritance and he's not sharing it with him. So he comes to Jesus, he's a source of authority, and he, uh, he, he, he's hoping that Jesus is going to take his side and tell his brother, look, come on, be, be gentle, be kind, be fair, share the inheritance. So the parable here is a solemn warning against materialism. And in that context, I can't help but think, you know, because there's a part of me here that is actually kind of angry. You know, I can go into a movie theater. I can sit down, take my mask off, eat popcorn, sit with other people, in uh, with probably more more people or than we're at present in our little congregation and watch a movie. They're not shut down. We are. I can go into a bar, have a drink, hang out, possibly even get drunk, but we can't go and stand in my church to do the liturgy. There's something very wrong here. There's a, this betrays a certain priority that our society has that puts the economy over and above faith, over and above our devotion and responsibility to God. Of course, this is nothing new. Our society is always prioritized the economy over, well, pretty much everything else. And, you know, if we think about it a little harder, which I think we should, we can maybe understand a little, I mean, in the sense that our, the current crisis that we face, the burden of it is primarily faced by the medical system that we have. 
And the medical system that we have is dependent upon tax dollars to fund it. And the tax dollars to fund the medical system come largely from the economy. And the economy has, you know, the damage to the economy has other problems that knock on problems, very, very human problems. If people don't know where the next paycheck is coming from, they're not sure how they're going to pay the rent, they're not sure how they're going to buy food for their families. All of these things are important. And in fact, our Lord was very clear in terms of his own ministry about uh, the importance of uh, making sure that people have enough to eat and drink. The miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 comes to mind. Uh, so it's not that this shouldn't be a priority at all. Um, and I think we need to go even one step further. Because yes, this is a solemn warning. And yes, this can be applied to uh, our society as a whole, as a kind of prophetic uh, word, if you will, uh, to say, you know, where are our priorities? But think about the context of this parable again. In what context is our Lord offering this parable? Is he offering it to a young man who is concerned about fairness? He's concerned about his own private personal economy. He's wanting our Lord to say, make things right, make things fair. And instead, what does our Lord say? He redirects the young man's attention to himself. And that's what he's doing here for us now. He's calling us to redirect our attention to ourselves. Yeah, there's a place and a time for a prophetic word. And I, I don't think uh, that the things that I'm thinking about are necessarily entirely wrong. Uh, my anger is not necessarily wrong. They're, they're, the, but the prophecies, the prophets were speaking to whom? They were speaking to the people of God, to the people who had to, to a society that claimed to be founded upon, like, claimed to be a theocracy, claimed to be following God first and foremost, and then they were instead prioritizing what? They're lining their own pockets, getting rich. Uh, they didn't care about the poor and the widows and the orphans. And so the, the prophets were calling them back to what they were already committed to. Our society, you know, like most societies throughout history, has not particularly committed itself to any particular religion or religious foundation. You know, maybe one day, maybe long ago, it used to be kind of sort of a Christian society. It isn't now. And so it's not our job to call them to account. We can draw their attention to it as citizens of a democracy, say, wait a second, what are you doing here? Why are you doing this? Why are you prioritizing this and not this? But we only speak into it as citizens, not as prophets. But this word is for us. This is for us to consider and apply to our own lives. What is my priority? What am I doing with my time, with the stuff that I have laid up? Where am I placing my hope and my security? Am I ready? to meet my maker. And I think we could even go one step further because of course this is 
to us as individuals, but it's also to us as a corporate body, the church. And it's very easy for us to say, hey, wait a second. Where did your hospitals come from? Where did your medical system come from? We were the ones who invented the hospitals. We had hospitals in Byzantium, uh, in, in Constantinople. Uh, and, and, this and, and this is how you repay us? And it's like, well, yeah, that's true. Where are the Orthodox hospitals right now? Admittedly, it's not totally a fair question, but because, you know, is, is, the, is the government really going to let us build our own private hospitals? No, not in Canada, right? Not with this opposition to any kind of private medical, medical aid. But the question does come back to us then, well, what are we doing now? Why is it that the government doesn't see us as essential to the economy, as essential to the medical system? Maybe because we're not doing enough. Maybe we're not doing what we used to do. So. It's a solemn parable, but it's one that we have to take first and foremost and apply first and foremost to ourselves, to our own lives, to our own hearts, uh, as the people of God, as those who are committed to following Jesus and his, his commandments and his teachings. And may God give us the strength and the courage and the humility to do that and to continue to persevere uh, in whatever we face in unity, in humility, and in love to his glory. The glory of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, now to ages of ages.